former Pittsburgh Steeler and MVP of Super Bowl 43 and Ohio State alumni, Santonio Holmes is in the house. Oh my goodness, welcome to One Blood. We are yes. so happy to have you. Thank you, Susan. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's, this is a great, you know it's going to be a great day when Santonio Holmes makes a stop at One Blood. So this is not every day that we get to have you here. So thank you. It's a great opportunity for me to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me down here to see what you guys do here at One Blood. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people know you most famously from that uh, incredible catch at Super Bowl 43. I know my heart was racing. I can only imagine how yours was. <laughs> oh, my God. Each moment I think about after the fact and what happened, it just seems so surreal. I never imagined it coming to where everyone was focused on me. I wanted to just be a part of the team. I wanted to, to be on a winning team. I wanted to, to complete the trifecta, so to speak, uh, as far as winning a high school state championship, winning the college national championship, and then get an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. And there's nothing else higher to play for, you know, at that point, making it to the National Football League. And I just wanted to be a part of something special. And I think God answered that prayer, uh, you know, with 35 seconds left on the clock. Um, he allowed me to, to stand on the tiptoes and, and just allow everybody to witness, you know, greatness at that moment. And greatness it was. What a moment in Super Bowl history. Welcome, everyone, to the Share Your Power podcast. I'm Susan Forbes. And I'm Pat Michaels. Susan, I'm sure many of our listeners remember watching that famous catch Santonio made. Oh, I'm sure they do, Pat. 35 seconds on the clock, and that catch Santonio made, it landed Pittsburgh their sixth Super Bowl ring and earned Santonio a place in NFL history. Now, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so obviously it goes without saying I am a Steelers fan through and through. I remember watching that catch, and I never cheered so loud in all my life as when he made that catch. I still remember it to this day. Little did I know that 13 years later, I'd be sitting down with Santonio San Holmes for this interview. Yeah, who could even imagine, Susan? Now, we're going to get back to that interview in just a moment, but first we want to set the stage for everyone. Susan, share with everyone how this interview came about because it's unique and it's an interesting story. Well, it's no secret that Pat and I both work at One Blood, which is one of the largest blood centers in the country. And one of the issues facing the entire blood industry is the lack of diversity among the donor population. And you may say, well, why do you need to have a diverse blood supply? Blood is blood. And it is, except some patients require genetically similar blood, meaning it needs to come from the same race or ethnicity. Um, and there's no greater example, really, of that when it comes to sickle cell patients. They're the best example of why a diverse blood supply is so needed, because many of those patients um, are African-American. They The disease primarily impacts people of African ancestry, and they require regular blood transfusions, and they require blood that is genetically similar to theirs. Trouble is, not enough African-Americans donate blood, and that makes finding those matches very difficult. So, Santonio is a lot more than just that famous catch we all know. Santonio Holmes is a huge advocate for the sickle cell community because his son has sickle cell disease. So he has seen this up close and personal for many, many years. I got to wondering if he knew the need for diversity in the blood supply for sickle cell patients. So I wrote him a letter and I explained to him how there's a need for more African-Americans and people of African ancestry to donate blood. And would he help us communicate that message? 
And so I sent the letter off to him with some other information about this issue. And I was hoping I'd hear back from him. And so he actually called you. He did. (laughs) He (laughs) called me one day about 48 hours after I sent that letter to him. And he called me and I answered the phone. I'm like, hello. He's like, Susan? Yes. It's Antonio Holmes. I'm like, whoa, hey. <laughs> it's not go, every what? day. What? He actually like, called me? Yeah, I could always, well, it's not every day Santonio Holmes calls me. And he's like, oh, I got your letter. I said, well, that's great. And I said, I bet you didn't know all that. He said, no, I didn't. And I said, uh, yeah, there's, there's a need. And when he said, well, I didn't know it, he didn't know that there was a need for more African Americans to be donating blood. And he said, why don't I know this? I said, that's the problem. Nobody seems to know it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm reaching out to see if you would help, you know, let us tell you that information. Will you help share it in the world so that we can encourage more uh, diversity in the blood supply? He said, yeah. Yeah. And he he was on board. So now fast forward months after this call, San Antonio actually made a visit here to One Blood. Yes, he most certainly did. And that is when everything I wrote in that letter to him started to become reality. And that email really woke me up that there's a need for African-Americans to provide blood for those that are living with sickle cell disease because that match for finding someone with that blood type uh, is as common as can be because of the ethnicity you know, that we share. So I was super excited to reach back out and say, hey, I'm, I'm ready, I'm all in. Uh, what do I need to do? How can I be involved? And let's get this show on the road. And here we are today, um, sitting here in the studios at One Blood uh, with an opportunity to share to the world that the awareness is needed for African-Americans to donate as much blood as they can because donating blood can definitely help save someone's life. People need to understand how important it really is to give blood and to help out a community that is in very much need of of blood supply. And as soon as you learned about this unique power that African-American blood donors have to help sickle cell patients, you really wasted no time in spreading the word. I think that's one of the most important things is to create awareness. Uh, The more educated we become, uh, the more powerful we become, the more people together become educated, the greater that power becomes. And I think raising awareness together uh, through different um, uh, uh, endeavors, you know, creates opportunity for people that uh, we're trying to save lives here. Yes, we are. And you've been a powerful voice and an advocate for people battling sickle cell disease for many years now. You describe it almost as a calling. I think that moment that me being uh, becoming Super Bowl MVP was the uplifting gift from God that I could do something bigger than just be a football player, that I can make a difference in so many people's lives uh, by starting a foundation that gave people hope and awareness and understanding. So we started the Third and Long Foundation in uh, 2011 after we won the Super Bowl. Uh, I made a discovery that I should uh, become an advocate and support this cause that is uh, really near and dear to my heart. and the reason it's near and dear to my heart is because um, at birth, my son in 2002 uh, was diagnosed with sickle cell disease. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't understand it or why my son even had it at this time. Um, but as I got older, I saw the complications that he had to deal with, the medical issues you know, that we had uh, with getting um, uh, blood transfusions and uh, him having uh, enough medicine to take, to getting his spleen removed, 
um, at the age of seven, uh, not being able to play sports um, uh, throughout his childhood uh, and wanting to be, you know, just like his dad, that really affected me uh, as, a, as a person, more importantly as a father, because not only my son was going through this, imagine all the other kids that want to be just like the San Antonio Holmes or uh, the Jerome Bettis or the Michael Vicks or the Michael Jordan and LeBron James of, you know, our professional sports. I wanted to become a voice for those individuals and uh, create awareness. Uh, so I started the Third and Long Foundation, which uh, my son, San Antonio Holmes III, being the most important person in my life at that time and uh, football being, you know, one of the most important things in my life and knowing that third down is the most important down uh, in football. I came up with this uh, uh, creation of the Third and Long Foundation because this is what was near and dear to my heart is that I helped you know, not only my son uh, and myself raise awareness for sickle cell, but we also give a voice to many others who, who don't have a voice. And that's really what it's about is creating that awareness because people don't often understand just how much people are impacted by having sickle cell disease. It's a tough thing to live with. And for those of you who don't know, for a person to be born with sickle cell, both parents have to be carriers of the sickle cell trait. And San Antonio, you have the trait and that alone can cause health issues. Living with the sickle cell trait myself, uh, just not being aware as a young kid, uh, the complications that I suffered, going in and out of the hospital, you know, throughout my early uh, elementary days, um, to catching cramps um, a lot throughout my middle school and high school football days, and just not being aware of what my body was fighting and what I was going through. And so you were, tw were you 25 when you learned that you had the trait? When I learned physically of me having the trait correctly, I was around 25 years old. Um, I didn't know that I was a trait carrier because I never got tested for sickle cell. Being born in, uh, in the early 80s, they weren't testing every kid for sickle cell. It wasn't until after the 90s that they started testing you know, kids for sickle cell. So I didn't fit in that class of, of knowledge or mm -hmm. you know, being one of those tested kids uh, during that time. So I was definitely unaware. When I got uh, in the NFL around the age of 25, 26 years old, I had an episode where I, I literally passed out because my blood count was low, my iron was very deficient, and my vitamin count was at a negative. So I didn't realize that I had broken down inside you know, from not taking care of myself properly. And uh, I was rushed to the, to the emergency room and you know, just, just being checked out and giving, you know, ample amount of uh, vitamin C uh, pills, uh, chewable tablets to take, and, um, and, and iron pills to, to keep my, my, my body you know, functioning correctly. Imagine to live to 25, it's age 25, learning this is a very serious health thing that you should know about yourself, right? And now Absolutely. you discover it, and did it start to put the pieces together for you as to why you were feeling the way you felt? Um, as I got older and my son grew, into explaining to me, myself and mom that here's the symptoms and the pains that I'm suffering from. And I could just only reflect back to every day as a child, these were the same complications that I was going through, even though I was only a sickle cell trait carrier. When my son would complain about his back injuries or his lower back pains or his arms and his legs just feeling weak and tired and sore, but he couldn't describe where the pain was and how it really affected him, 
I could only reflect to, to like, wow, I, I, I imagine these same pains, you know, and I experienced them. So now that I am getting older, I became more aware that, hey, when I'm experiencing these issues, I'm going to talk to my doctors immediately. I'm not going to wait and see what's wrong or figure if it's going to pass by. I'm going in and I'm talking. And I think that knowledge came from my son because he was able to start telling us every time, you know, he had, uh, he had pains. I remember one uh, moment when he came to visit me while I was in college uh, before, before my last year, and I had kept him alone for the first time. And throughout that night, you know, he was just moaning and crying and moaning and fussing. And I couldn't understand why or what, because he couldn't tell me at the time. He was only about four, five years old. So he couldn't really explain to me what was going on. And so I got up and I took him to the emergency room. And lo and behold, like my son was having a crisis, a crisis at that time. And that affected me. And I, I really couldn't understand, you know, why, what is going on? Because he's not showing any signs, like nothing's bothering him. Mm -hmm. And it was lucky that I did get him in because we caught the crises, you know, right before it could uh, really start affecting him. Yes. And that just made me more and more aware, you know, of how much we need to protect, you know, our family and our friends and uh, people living with uh, sickle cell disease. What a frightening, frightening thing for you and your son to go through. And those crises, that's exactly what ends up happening many times is that's when they need those blood transfusions. Yeah, we went through a few of those in our lifetime too, uh, blood transfusions, and um, it's very scary to know that you have to continue to live with someone else's blood, you know, supply in your system. But we realized that it did save our life. Well, your passion and determination to bring awareness to this is so key for people to really understand what this does to people who have to live with this disease. And now learning the connection between getting those blood transfusions, maybe he didn't want to have them at the time, but as you said, it ended up saving his life. It took a lot of praying, took a lot of um, believing and um, sacrificing, you know, understanding that, uh, that there's a mission, you know, behind this, that there's a purpose at the end of the road, that you can't give up, you know, in life. You can't stop short because you're, you're not feeling it. It's still, the show goes on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he understood that, you know, at that point where those transfusions did make a difference in his life. And he has to be super proud to see what you have done to be able to bring awareness to something like this. You know, I mean, you, you are helping not only your son, but you're helping so many other people to bring awareness to something to help save people's lives. It's that critical. He got a chance to, to speak with me in uh, Memphis at the St. Jude Hospital. Uh, and um, I think that was, that was probably one of the most proudest moments I had of him. Uh, he was scared. He didn't want to talk. He was like, Dad, I don't want to talk about my story. I don't want to let people know what I'm going through. And, and I said, dude, this is, this is who we are. We can't change it. We can only live with it, and we can live through it. I said, but I'm, I'll be standing right here next to you, you know, when you talk. Uh, and so he was able to just tell his story, and uh, he felt so great afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, he looked at me, he was like, Dad, thanks for, for letting me, you know, speak and uh, share my story because he didn't realize he was actually in the audience of about 60 kids who all suffer from sickle cell. And uh, he said that that really up uplifted him 
and gave him the strength to, to say that I'm going to keep fighting. Um, so I'm definitely proud of him for, for that moment, you know, that he, uh, he was able to share, you know, or we were able to share together how it affected him and uh, what complications and how many medications he have to take and all of this. And it was, you know, it was wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I know it's tough to, to go back and think about it, but your words are very impactful, you know, and they will help educate people even further about the seriousness of this disease. For every kid that is living with sickle cell, don't give up on yourself. Believe that God has a plan for you. I made sure that hope was instilled inside my son. Uh, no matter how many days he felt that it wasn't worth it, it uh, he felt like giving up or he didn't want to try harder. For every kid that is living with sickle cell, your hope is within what you believe in. And if you believe that you're gonna fail, then that's exactly where you've just put your entire spirit, your body, and your mind. But if you uplift yourself and tell yourself over and over, I'm a winner, I'm a champion, I'm greater than this, I'm better, I can do better, together I'm greater than, those messages to yourself allow you to become the belief system that you create that is your hope. Well, Susan, I mean, that that's emotional. It really is, and I, it's, it's personal for him. I mean, watching his son battle this sickle cell disease. It's just gut-wrenching. It's, it's a painful disease. And Santonio, he travels the country but the majority part of the year bringing awareness to the disease. And he's providing assistance to many through the Santonio Holmes Third and Long Foundation. He's doing great work. Yeah. And, you know, part of this messaging now includes his call to action to the African-American community to donate blood. The reason there is a shortage is because there are not enough African-American others that are donating blood so that we, as one specific group of individuals that are in need of one specific type of blood, we don't have enough. There's a shortage. And this is the time that we, as people, come together to show that we can do something for one another. Here's an opportunity that you could save a life by becoming the most valuable person in someone else's life by giving them a chance to live with a blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. And to, to make it that habit that, and sometimes there's a lot of reasons why people uh, may not want to be the blood donor, but you can see how easy it really is to do it, you know, it's, and the impact you're making. It's the fact that we are not educated on what is being done and how our blood is being used. The message needs to get across to the communities of people that we are searching for donors, that your, your blood saves lives, but for those that do donate, they don't know, they don't see it. So therefore, it's kind of hard for them to believe that the blood that they're being donated is actually helping other people's lives. They hear it, they understand it, but they don't believe it. And that's why we have such a, a major shortage in uh, blood donors in the African-American community is because we're not, we're not seeing it. Just know that it is saving someone's life, that this blood is not being uh, used for uh, any other purposes other than to create an opportunity to uh, help save uh, another person's life. And this is the time that we as people come together to show that we can do something for one another. They too can be the most valuable player in their community, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Save a life, donate blood. 
keeps Antonio Holmes an MVP on the field and an MVP off the field. It was so great to have him visit and to hear his story. Yeah, it was. If you want to learn more about Santonio's foundation, you can visit thirdandlongfoundation.org. Santonio is on a mission to keep this important issue at the forefront. He has teamed up with One Blood for the Be the MVP of Your Community campaign. It's an initiative aimed at bringing awareness and creating a call to action among the African-American community to donate blood to help sickle cell patients. To learn more about that and to see more of my interview with Santonio, visit oneblood.org MVP. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Your Power podcast. You know, we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to what to listen to, and we appreciate that you chose us. We hope you will subscribe to our show, and while you're at it, leave us a fabulous comment or review. And we just really thank you so much for joining us. And remember to share share your your power. power.